addiction. It claws its way into your life, stealing your hope and leaving you feeling utterly lost. You try to fight it, but its grip is tight. Its strength, overwhelming. You may feel defeated, but there's still a light burning. It's the light of hope, of recovery, and it shines from those who have faced the monster of addiction and emerged victorious, transformed by the power of faith. Welcome to Restored by Faith, the addiction recovery podcast, where we ignite the flame of hope by sharing triumphant stories of individuals who have shattered the chains of addiction and found true freedom in Christ. These are not just tales of overcoming a struggle. They are war cries, testimonies of resilience and transformations fueled by unwavering faith. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Restored by Faith Addiction Recovery Podcast. Today again, I'm your host. My name is Chris Busher, and I'm sitting here with one of our most senior students. He's actually uh, been here for how many months have you been here now? Going on 10. Going on about 10 months now. He's learned a lot. Uh, this will be a powerful episode. I'm excited to bring it to you. I'm going to go ahead and hand this over to you. Uh, go ahead and tell our listeners who you are and a little bit of your testimony. Spend a few minutes telling us your story. Hi, my name is Santos Perez. I'm uh, 45 years old. I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, a little about myself, I, I grew up in a very blessed home. Nothing about my upbringing caused me to, to uh, have uh, fallen into an addiction. You know, I grew up with two parents that were uh, provided everything for my brothers and my sister, my sisters and my brother, and I'm to uh, succeed in life. I, uh, I went to a private school, um, grew up Catholic, but, you know, I got married real young. At 19, and uh, you know, life was great. I got on working with the railroad. I got involved in a, a, a uh, work-related accident and resulted in the death of a co-worker dying in my arms. And that's where everything kind of took a turn. You know, I went to prison for that. And then um, I came back addicted to meth. Tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, how that situation happened. Why would you end up going to prison for a situation like that? Can you kind of... You know, elaborate for our listeners there. Uh, I was I was a foreman, and uh, on, you know, and uh, I had I should have known better than to move a piece of equipment that was faulty. That's 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 what it was. Yes, yeah. yeah, so okay. that was due to negligence and yeah. me being faulty. And how how old were you at the time? I was thirty years old. And so before this moment, you know, life was going good for you. You know, you came from a really good family and upbringing. Did did you dabble with drugs at the time? Did you lose control? Were you what what type of person was Santos at that moment? And I I was really I had dabbled in drugs before, just a little, just nothing hard, just uh, marijuana, yeah, and alcohol, and and then up until that time, that's when I started to relive the accident, having nightmares, and that's when I started got introduced to harder drugs. So before before that accident just completely changed your life, you were just you know that typical well-to-do American, you know, young young person just. Were you, were you a Christian? Were you following God? I know that you mentioned that you were born and raised Catholic. Were you practicing, or what? What was your faith like at that moment? My wife and I had had, had gone to church. I was like I said, I had got married at nineteen. Uh, at that time of the accident, I had three children. We had a home. Life was great. I felt like I was on top of the mountain. I had everything that a man can dream of having. You know, a wonderful family, successful career. Uh, my wife at the time was going to college. Uh, you know. Uh, my children were were taken care of. You know, everything was good. Uh, we we had gone to some. We had 
gone to churches here and there, but nothing, nothing steady. But, uh, I mean, we always pray before we, we, we ate meals and stuff, but, um, it's, we hadn't had a, a full blown out commitment to going to church. Okay. And then, so let's fast forward to, you know, right after the accident, you end up getting sentenced to prison. How long were you sentenced to prison? What was, what was that like for you? You know, coming out of, coming out of that lifestyle that you were coming out of, you know, where you weren't one of these typical people that would ever be sentenced to a place like that. You know, what, what were some emotions that were going on in your, in your mind? I got sentenced to 12 years for involuntary manslaughter. Um, I was mad at the world. <clears throat> I blamed God. I blamed myself because I didn't understand why it took so much to open my eyes. It's, it's, it, that's what it took to open my eyes to get it, to bring me back to him. Um, I cursed God. I was mad at the world. I didn't understand why I'd gone from the top of the mountain to being at the bottom of the mountain. I, I did a little over three years and I came home and, uh, I was doing good and I put myself in the wrong situation. And, uh, so you, you were sentenced to 12 years. You did three. Where did, where did you do your three years at? I did my, my time at that Michael unit there in Tennessee Colony here in Texas. What were those first, you know, if you don't mind me asking, what were those first, you know, 24 hours like, you know, from the moment where you were a free man who was basically on top of the world, like you said, to all of a sudden now the doors slamming behind you and you're knowing that, you know, you have the next 12 years, this is your reality. What were those first moments like? I know that you were mentioning that you were angry with God. Anything happened in those first 24 hours or any type of reality really set in for you? I really don't remember what I what I felt. I know it, it's kind of hard to describe the thinking, the feeling, the, like I couldn't believe. I thought I was in a nightmare and I couldn't wake up, to be honest with you. Yeah. I felt that's where I was at. Like I was in a nightmare and I couldn't wake up. Um, I had a, I had a, a full blown support team, you know, my family, my wife was still with me. Good. Um, so I, she waited the whole time. My parents came and visited, you know, my sisters, my brother. I mean, I've had, I've this, this whole journey I've had through my, from, from that point on, I mean, my, I mean, well, my entire life I've had a great support too. You know, people who pushed me, who always provided or wanted to see me succeed. Um, you know, my parents, Never, my parents, we went to church twice a week growing up. So, you know, my parents still go to church every Sunday. Um, um, they instilled morals in me to where I, I, I should have done, I should have felt like God had my back. And, but I feel like I, I, it wasn't, my problem was, is I didn't believe, I didn't, I didn't believe that, that, that I was a child of God at that time. Yeah. I, I felt like, you know, I felt betrayed. I felt alone. Those first 24 hours was just like basically the fear of the unknown because I didn't know what I had gotten myself into or really felt like I deserved what I was going through. Now, was this your first time getting in trouble on the law? Like, have you ever had run-ins with the police before this? Was this kind of like that first, you know, left hook that came your way? Yeah, that was the first curve that life threw at me. And it was it was a big eye-opener. Now, during um, during those three years... Did, did you attend any church services while you were incarcerated? Did you attempt to, you know, find faith, you know, for lack of better words? I mean, what, what was that kind of like for you and your journey of faith during that time? I did. I, I would go to services, um, you know, and then I just got involved with the wrong people just because I thought I was fixing to do 12 years. So I got involved with the prison gang. Yeah. Um, and, but I actually felt like, um, I still wanted to better myself, 
So I went to a couple of, I was taking some, some vocational courses in there, uh, automotive electronics. I took a plumbing, a plumbing course in there and I did start beginning to, to find my faith again and, and start going, attending church regularly towards the, towards the end. And then when I knew I was coming home, uh, I, I was going to church on a regular basis. And like I said, I, I, I dabbled with drugs inside there. That was, I mean, I've seen a lot of drugs in, inside the penitentiary, you know, oh, and, yeah. uh, everything you can imagine is, is there just cost a little bit more. And, and I wasn't, but, um, how, how much notice did they give you that you were, you know, rolling up and, and heading out? I, I've got a more, I've got, I got a FI two in September and I, and I was going home in March. I went home actually March, March, uh, March, Fifth, two thousand twelve. So those, you know, six, seven months, whatever that is, you seven know, months, yeah. seven months. What, what was your plan? What was your game plan? I, you know, I assume you, you established, you know, like, hey, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this. You know, what, what, what was your plan? And you know, were you successful at that plan? I did. I, I continued to, to, to work while I was there, and then, you know, towards the end when I had made parole, they, they didn't put me back after I, they didn't put me back in my job. They let me go because I was a. Uh, I was already, it was actually in a vocational course when I was working. So when that class ended and my time was up, I was done. So I had seven months to go home. So I just was, I was there. Uh, my plan, I was trying to get ready to just come home, uh, get things situated with, with, I mean, getting back, back into the reality of being out in the free world, you know, I mean. As we draw times, the curtains on another powerful episode of Restored by changes. We want to thank you for joining us on this journey of resilience, out, was, was redemption, and unwavering. <laughs> yeah, so if you or someone you know is battling you know, so, addiction, um, we encourage you to reach out to back the East Texas Men's of, Center where the flame of hope is kindled and lives are transformed. You don't have to face or, this journey alone. You know, family, the East Texas you know, Men's just, Center is here to provide support, different, different guidance, and a community I, I, I that thought, understands the I challenges that, of addiction. That, that Take that, that courageous step towards recovery and, and redemption. Call the East Texas Men's Center at 903-652-2352 or visit their website at easttexasmensrehab.org. Remember, the journey to restoration begins with a single step of faith. Thank you for being a part of the Restored by Faith community. Until next time, it was may the light of Christ half, guide you on your path you know, to healing after that and freedom. When I really, I mean, I started, I, I started really going downhill. Uh, I, I started, I was having nightmares and having nightmares. So instead of reliving the accident in my dreams and having nightmares, I started to use methamphetamines, and it. She'd never done drugs, and she wasn't going to put up with it. And she, was this your first time doing meth, or did you dabble with that prior? I had dabbled with it in prison. Okay, and prior, this is your first time losing control to it. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, and it just, you know, for lack of better words, my mom said it just turned me into a monster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel like it had control over me, but I mean, I think that's just the addict in me thinking that, oh, I got this under control. And in reality, I really didn't. Um, I was a functioning addict. I went to work, um, uh, you know, and I, I, I just, I wouldn't I just, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, instead of reliving that accident, I would rental that. That was kind of my safekeeping. That was my my way of, of venting, rather than trying to address the issue and trying to get the help through 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 the Bible and through whatever means necessary. I needed to that my my ex wife and I, and she even you know asked me to go whether it was NA meetings or or going to church. You know, we did get, we we started to go to church and I was doing good, but the nightmares just continued to come. What type of church were you going to? We were going to Gateway Church there in South Lake. 
What I'm not familiar with that. And most of our l- listeners probably aren't either. It's it's a it's a it's a mega community uh, Christian church. Okay. Yeah. So kind of like a non-denominational church. Yes. Yes, sir. So you went from you know the Catholic faith to now exploring non-denominational church. What what kind of sparked that? That's kind of a start a huge difference. Well, the reason we did that it's because uh, we we started going with some friends uh, that that uh, my actually my son's best friend. Uh, his parents were going, so and we were really good friends with them. We grew up with them, so we started going. And I actually, and still to this day, I I still feel like the Christian faith is just I've that style rather than just being having the same monotonous feeling from a, from going to a Catholic service mass, going to a service where you're praising and worshiping, and, and you you feel alive, you feel it. You know, there's just there's just there's a little excitement. There, there's a lot of excitement, you yeah. know. So things were going really good, and we were doing that, and life was good. We, we were taking trips to out, out, of, out of state to taking the kids to Disney World, and it, it took one time for me to come home and put myself in the wrong situation whenever, you know, and, and I relapsed, and she asked me to leave. And, you know, I don't blame her. Uh, yeah. it, I'm not going to say it didn't hurt. It still hurts to this day, you know, uh, 17 years. So that you were married for seventeen years. Married for going. Uh, we were we were together. We were married since uh, we got married February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. Divorced in two thousand fourteen, December two thousand fourteen. So, what's that? Eight, almost sixteen years. It's a, a few years right there. Yes, sir. So when you when you lost your wife, you fell back into addiction. What type of situations did you find yourself in? I mean, I imagine this was your rock bottom. That was, yeah, that was my rock bottom. I, I I picked up a couple of drug possession charges and sat in county jail, was on parole, went to ISF, came back. Um, what, what's ISF? Yeah, ISF, it's just, just for it's, our listeners. It's just a 60-day. You go back to prison for 60 days. Okay. Kind of like a wake-up call? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, so you spent about how much time in this in this time frame there before you decided, hey, you know what, I'm done with this life? Um, you know what? I, what changed? What, what 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 brought you here from that? Point? I walked that road from from the time my wife, well, a little before the time my wife left, up until uh, eighteen months ago. Uh, it's eight, eighteen months ago. Uh, I just I found myself in a situation again, you know, facing some uh, some some legal situation, and I just was sitting in jail, and I just I was tired of it. I was done. Yeah. So I, it was a, an opportunity. Whenever this was before, this was the Dolan Teen Challenge. When this was a the Dream Center, I had to come here. I just chose not to. So you you heard about this property? Yes, sir. And what what God was doing out here? Yes, sir. Um, even before the whole name change happened, um, but you chose not to do it, and so you kind of walked away from God's calling. Did any anything bad happen in your life during that time, or? Or what? What brought you? To, what? What? I guess what I'm asking is, what made you change your mind? And said, you know what? I'm absolutely done with this life. God will do whatever it takes. I was sitting in jail, facing some charges. Yeah. Um, that 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 are still pending right now. But I'm 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 I truly believe that, that now that the truth is going to come out, that I will be exonerated from these charges. Um, but yeah, you got the faith at that moment. I I I. I I just sat there and and I was I talked to my best friend and he he's he's a he's a deacon in Fort Worth. He sent me a Bible and we were just talking and talking and talking. And I just started going to church and reading that Bible every day, every day. And then I finally told my dad, "Listen, I'm ready. You know, if you if you'll let me go out, if you let me out, 
I'm ready to go change my life. And that was March so, so March 24th. I came straight from jail straight here. So your, your mom and dad kind of knew about this place? Yes, sir. And were they kind of praying, you know, for you to come here? That was, that was, that was, that was the goal. That, that they, the goal. They, they, they'd, they'd asked me to come several times. I just denied. I just wasn't ready. And well, not, not many people would be yeah. ready to give up, you know, all that oh. time and all that freedom yeah. know, to find, to have an opportunity at hope, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, a, a year long commitment. A lot of times, a lot of people, they run from it. It's like a year, a year. I mean, those rehabs, I believe are, I, I, what I, from what I understand, we're six six months to 30, 30 days to six months. Yeah. And to commit a year, you know, coming three hours. Ask. Of, you know, coming out here to being away th- from home three hours to know nobody, to know, you know, where you know nobody. But I was I was willing and I submitted and I came and I've been here uh, on the 24th of this month would be 10 months complete. Amen. That's a, that's a miracle right there, being able to say that you've completed 10 months here. Now, was this kind of a bed of roses coming here and a cakewalk, or what? What was ten months like? Well, tell me, tell me what your first few days were like in this program. I was excited, you know. I mean, I I was excited just just for one to be out of jail, two to to just to be able to because I saw the people that were here, and then um, I believe you came a little after I got here, like a couple of weeks, and 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 that's, that's when the anointing really came, right? Yeah, that's when the anointing <laughs> came. Yeah, you, you, you know, you know. Um, that it's just things have changed for me in the sense where, you know, uh, I'm not going to say it's been easy because it hasn't. You know, when you're away from home and you, you're 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 stressed out about this or that, and you're doing things that you're not used to, it's it's change is never easy. No, but but you know, uh, life is always going to throw curveballs at you. That's inevitable. It's just how you deal with them, and then how I deal with them before isn't how I deal with them now. Now. My 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 worst day out there in here cannot compare to my best day out there, and I'm 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 at peace. I I I praise and worship. You know, I I try to lead these people. You know, I've always been a leader, whether it be on the baseball field or 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 in life in general. You know, I just I've always been. I've never been a follower, so I feel like using my testimony to try to prevent people from going through what I've gone through is is big. I, 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 well, yeah, I, I, kn- I know that you're an absolute leader on this campus. I mean, all the students, you know, from day one when I got here, your name would always get brought up, and you would help lead this campus in a positive way. Um, just, you know, it's always amazing seeing the changes happening in in people's lives. But I got to tell you, Santos, you know, from the time I met you, even until now, you've been one of those people that we we have a special interest in. You know, we. We try not to, you know, pick and choose, you know, who our favorites are or anything like that. Not saying that you're one of our favorites, but you're one of those people that we identified right from the beginning that this guy has a calling on his life and he's serious, you know, and it's it's always just great being able to see the changes happening in you. Let me ask you, what was your most difficult memory or your most difficult moment uh, since being here at Adult and Teen Challenge of Texas? That's a hard one. Most most difficult memory or difficult moment yeah. is is uh, being accountable, held accountable for for my actions. Yeah, and uh, uh, was that a new new experience for you? N- not necessarily, but it's just been an eye opener. It, it's it's from from just you know from just in life, and I look back over my life in general. You know, I mean, I 
to be held accountable for your actions is something that most people run from. Um, and, and I feel like whether it be, you know, accountable for, for being involved in the accident, for, you know, swallow that pill for, for that and for, you know, pushing my ex-wife away, uh, my children, and, 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 and even, even if I've been disciplined here, just to be, um, just to be held accountable for that, knowing that, hey, I, 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 uh, I did this and swallowing that pill and moving across that has been a, 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 a big pill to swallow, but I, I've, I've swallowed that and I, I, I've had, I've accepted my past for what it is yeah. and, and I've had to, and I'm at peace with it today. Um, being able to look in the mirror and not being ashamed of what I saw was something that I struggled with for years because uh, like I said, I had everything a man can dream of having and I pushed it away through my addiction. So that, that would be my biggest obstacle that my battle that I've overcome is, is just being able to be held accountable. And now it's, I've kind of that, that saying is so cliche, but I've let go and let God. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but it's absolute truth. Now, I did notice that you mentioned uh, a couple seconds ago that you were talking about being disciplined here. For for our listeners' sake, what what is a discipline here? Do we do we take a paddle and swat you, or what is a discipline here? No, it's 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 just different different rules, different things. Like a, like a loss of privileges, you know. It's a loss loss of privileges. Movie nights, uh, coffee, um, doing doing chores, extra chores, washing the dishes. Um, as for my case, I've, I've done a, I'm a, done a bunch of remodeling around here. Yeah, the place looks amazing. I've done that without being on D two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, I, uh, I noticed that you like to volunteer. In fact, we are sitting uh, right behind a room that that he actually remodeled. We had this old barber shop that, you know, it just it looked like an old closet, but Santos just ripped down all, everything in there, and he started putting pallet wood up and just remodeled the floor, the walls, the ceiling, everything just from A to Z, just a complete transformation of that property. And that's that's what we're all about out here is complete transformation. And, you know, you can look at it and you can be able to find the similarities between uh, total restoration in a person's life while looking at restoration in a building. But let me ask you this now, since we talked about the most difficult moments, let's kind of talk about some of the most happiest moments. What were some memorable moments that you had here on this campus so far? Well, I'm going to say not uh, memorable moments. Besides the day you met me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the other way around. <laughs> I want to say some of my most memorable moments has been, you know, whenever we, at, at chapel. You yeah. know, every Thursday night we have a chapel night and we get up and, and uh, we go through chapel. Um, I got baptized at Leakey. Yeah. And that was our retreat. That's that's, that's something that I, that whole experience from, you know, being baptized to to the praise and worship. I mean, that's the thing that I love the most in 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 in, in fellowship and is the praise and worship. Um, but you know, I've also learned a lot from the di- the different pastors that I go and, and the powerful messages that they that they preach. And you know, I mean, what I've learned is not, I not not only did I stumble, but Jesus stumbled as well. And 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 in 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 his life. And and he gave our life, his life for our sins. And you know, I mean, my happiest moment is knowing that at one day, that all my, I've gotten to that point now where I know that my sins are forgiven, and yeah. I'm a forgiven man. I'm a changed man. I'm a redeemed man. I'm a loved man, and and I am a child of God. And being around here, here 
and seeing guys come in and transform from being uh, what people in the world would call them a, a drug addict or this and this and that, which we no longer label those, those people anymore. So you're not a drug addict anymore? No, sir. Are you a criminal anymore? No, sir. Are you an alcoholic? No, sir. What, what are you? I'm a child of God. Praise God. I'm a child of God. And and all the labels that, that people put on people like myself, to see those shackles and those chains and those bounds being broken up and people going out and and, and you get to see the real Santos. Yeah. A sober Santos. The Santos that my ex-wife fell in love with, my children called dad, uh, my parents loved, you know, you get to see the real me and this is this is what I look forward to going home and sharing and, and, and continue this in this movement with this ministry with myself. Uh, is 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 no longer do I have to run to the, to to what the devil has to offer for me to to feel good. You know, all I have to do is pick up that good book and I know everything that I've struggled with, I can find a means to vent right there, a, a means for to 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 heal myself. And it, it, it doesn't take it doesn't happen overnight, and it's not going to be an overnight prayer. I'm I'm still a man in progress. Uh, you oh, know. you're you're not perfect yet. No, oh. I, although I try to I try oh, to be, that. you know. But uh, you know, uh, I'm still I'm always going to be a work in progress in 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 my faith and and grow more and more every day. Because even even the, the most holiest person I know, the most has has the most faith faith still has to have faith. Because if they don't have faith, without faith, it's it's a it's a dead faith. Absolutely, you know. And I can speak on behalf of all the staff here. We've really enjoyed getting to know the the real Santos, that real Santos that you were talking about. You know, he's not anything like those those memories that you shared with us. And we want to thank you first of all for sharing those memories and being open with us. Yes, um, let me ask you this: uh, If there's one thing that you could tell the audience. Um, all the people listening right here, right now, plus all the years in the future that are listening to this, if there's one encouragement that you could give them, uh, what would you tell them? What, what would you say to them right now? Find your faith. Find some good friends that you consider family at a church. Go to church. Get involved. Give back. And, you know, life is going to throw a curveball at you. It doesn't have to be something so subtle. It could be. It could. It can be. It can be big, and it can be subtle. It's just how you deal with it. But just know that, no matter what, God's got you. And if you need help in any way, shape, or form, never, never have your pride or your ego interfere with you asking for help. Because that's that's a big thing. That was a big thing for me is letting my pride and ego get in the way, and and because uh, I always wanted to be in control. And if you let God be in control. Sometimes I know that's hard because you can't see him. But you have to walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think if you get involved and you stay involved and you do the things that, that you know that, that are right, no matter what, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna succeed and you're going to overcome whatever obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. Amen. Santos, let me go ahead and do this. This is how we usually end each podcast episode. We always ask the guest if they would be willing to pray us out. Uh, pray for all those that are listening that might be stuck in addiction right now. Pray for the families of those people that are addicted, that they can have the courage and the hope to continue on. And, you know, just pray that God will God will use, uh, you know, this ministry here, Adult and Teen Challenge of Texas. And, you know, just remember that we always pray for you. 
that uh, that God will continue to use you and expand your territory because Santos, you have a calling on your life. And I know that you know it because I know I've told you this a million times, but you have a calling on your life unlike any other, something unique and something special. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing here today. And I'm going to let you go ahead and close this out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, come today with a bowed head and a humble heart, Lord. Lord, first of all, I thank you for, for waking me up today. I thank you for the oxygen that you gave into my lungs. I thank you for, for giving me another day to be your, your child, Lord. I, for you know that tomorrow's not guaranteed. I thank you for all the blessings that you've given me. I thank you for the change of heart that you've blessed me with. I thank you for my family, my children, all those of you coming to my life, Lord. I thank you for this program. I thank you for anybody who, who's overcome the battle of addiction. I ask you to look on those who haven't. I ask you to put your hedge of protection over all those who, who struggle with addiction, Lord. May you guide them through a place like Adult Teen Challenge or to a, a place that know with people who have overcome battles, who are willing to help and are, and are, and are, and will help them see through the struggles of, of whatever obstacles life is throwing at them, Lord. I know that, that through you all things are possible, and with you we can do anything. We can move mountains, Lord. I ask this in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we draw the curtains on another powerful episode of Restored by Faith, we want to thank you for joining us on this journey of resilience, redemption, and unwavering faith. If you or someone you know is battling addiction, we encourage you to reach out to the East Texas Men's Center, where the flame of hope is kindled and lives are transformed. You don't have to face this journey alone. The East Texas Men's Center is here to provide support, guidance, and a community that understands the challenges of addiction. Take that courageous step towards recovery and redemption. Call the East Texas Men's Center at 903-652-2352 or visit their website at easttexasmensrehab.org. Remember, the journey to restoration begins with a single step of faith. Thank you for being a part of the Restored by Faith community. Until next time, may the light of Christ guide you on your path to healing and freedom.